Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Hello, Maverick family. Welcome, new viewers. Terrorism. I told you. I told you. It would be coming here. Thwarted so far. But we're seeing terrorism or efforts to spread terror right here on the home front in Canada, in the United States. And we are seeing tonight another arrest among a number of arrests just over the past week. We'll tell you about that tonight. Also, an exclusive interview tonight with Maverick News contributor, Kevin Michalitsi, direct from Crimea, who will bring us up to date on a massive Ukrainian drone attack. He'll tell us what the situation is there. This is information that I have not seen anywhere else. In the uh, either the mainstream media or independent media in North America. So this will be information that you are getting here and only here or from Kevin through his channels tonight. Uh, Donald Trump speaking in New Hampshire today. We will dip into his speech. And he is all about, it's all about the energy. Not just that he's high energy and Joe Biden is sleepy. I'm talking about liquid gold in the ground. He wants to drill, baby drill, and we'll tell you why. All that going on while the Canadian government prepares to release its final plan to electrify the auto industry, laying out all the details this coming Tuesday. We'll talk about that. Plus, two scams. One involving Christmas travelers. The other, I have an exclusive um, conversation, we'll put it that way, with someone who is trying to perpetrate a scam targeting some of the most vulnerable people out there right now, people looking for jobs. Um, Israel, public relations disaster. We'll explain later in the broadcast. And in the town of Lakeshore, town, the municipality of Lakeshore, Ontario, that pesky flag issue has raised its head again. And we'll tell you how the municipality has voted on that and whether they are going to proceed, well, with a policy to have only government flags flown outside government buildings, or if they will continue, as many municipalities do, with a policy of raising flags for various community groups. And we'll explain why the LGBTQ plus 
community is so concerned and upset about this. Um, cantaloupes, salmonella, contamination. If you have cantaloupes, you're not going to want to eat them until you hear what we have to say tonight. And it's alive. Artificial intelligence. We'll touch on that as well tonight as a prelude to what I'm going to be talking about, I think, tomorrow night. Artificial intelligence. It's alive. You heard it here. Now, early. I don't know if we're the first. I'm pretty sure we're not the first, but we're among the first to report this. I will be right back. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, we're going to start off tonight with Kevin Michalizzi. He is a regular Maverick News contributor. He is in Crimea. Kevin, um, an online influencer, uh, journalist. He also has a background in military intelligence and he has been very active in following troop movements in the past month and military activity in the area where he is located in Crimea. Uh, tonight he is reporting to us that in the past few days and earlier this month, there has been a massive surprise Ukrainian drone attack, a series of them, two big ones. And uh, it really is something of a surprise because we were in a place where it looked like the conflict in Ukraine was beginning to wind down. Joe Biden this past week stood at a news conference with Vladimir Zelensky, who is making the rounds, still trying to... Well, he's basically begging for money so that his country's resistance against the uh, the Russians can continue. Um, and Biden stood there, and I think very foolishly, from a strategic point of view, acknowledged that the funding, the funding gravy train, from the United States is drying up. So this is obviously having a major impact on what's happening in the and uh, with Russia's mili special military operation. It appears as though the conflict is entering its final phases. And uh, when we come back from this short break, Kevin will join us and explain exactly what is going on with those drone attacks. And we'll then look at the conflict in a, from a, a broader perspective as well. So stay with me. 
information coming up on the Ukraine war that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. And welcome back, Kevin. Thank you for uh, joining us here on the channel again. It's uh, it's my privilege and grateful for the information you're about to provide because we're not hearing very much at all. In fact, really nothing about anything that you are about to share with us. What is happening? There have been new attacks over the past few weeks. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, having me on again, Rick. Uh, it's always my pleasure to join you. So. Um, I think it was December 2nd, I told you that I was seeing massive troop movements around here that I couldn't really talk about at the time. Um, and on December 5th, there were 41 uh, Ukrainian drones um, over the Azov Sea and North Crimea. 13 of them were shot down over the Azov Sea and the rest were shot down over North Crimea. And uh, they were targeting air defense and fuel storage facilities. Uh, so uh, that was an exciting night. Then it got unusually quiet again. We had a few drones over Moscow on the 14th, nine, uh, that were shot down. Moscow retaliated by shooting at uh, Kiev a little bit. But last night, the evening of December 15th, uh, it started out with 15 storm shadow missiles being intercepted in the Shastlivstevo uh, 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 area. It's uh, this little strip of land up here between uh, Kherson, Crimea, and the Azov Sea. Um, so these 15 storm shadow missiles were shot down, um, and if they were going over the Azov Sea, they were, you know, obviously headed over here towards the bridge. Then at 8.30 last night, uh, in two hours, there were 26 drones uh, that were shot at various areas of Crimea. They were all shot down. And um, then there were six more drones between about 11 and 11.50 p.m. last night. So total, what, uh, 30, 32 drones yesterday. So really all we can assume is uh, that this massive attack by Ukraine all of a sudden, these two massive attacks, um, is that they've been accumulating 
these supplies and then they shoot them all at once to kind of offset the fact that they failed at, um, you know, achieving success in, um, you know, asking for money, asking for more weapons. Um, so it's really a surprise that they haven't been showing this to the West as, um, you know, some great advances or something, or maybe it's the fact that, uh, you know, everything's shot down and they're not striking targets. It's interesting to see this because we've seen Zelensky making the rounds again, asking, like begging for money. We've seen mm -hmm. just this week Biden stand up in that joint press conference with Zelensky and admit just right off the top of the news conference that it's drying up. Uh, yeah. saying basically this is coming to an end And now we're seeing an attack like this. Also, when you mentioned earlier, in the month that you're right after that, Zelensky came out and, and confirmed that they were actually pulling Ukrainian troops back into more of a defensive posture and circling around key strategic areas, including the capital. What's your assessment of all of that? Well, I believe this is what's going on because Russia's response uh, last night and this morning is they fired massive amounts of drones and missiles on uh, Ukraine's strategic and military infrastructure. They specifically targeted Kiev, Dnipropetrovsk, or what they call Dnipro, Odessa, Kherson, the Ukrainian-occupied part of Kherson, uh, Kharkiv, and then some other regions as well. Um, you know, so Russia did retaliate massively. And, you know, we talk about in Crimea about these massive strikes on us. But reality is, is, you know, Russia will shoot back 100, 150 drones at a time, followed by missiles. So they use the drones to, you know, figure out where the air defenses are, get them to use their uh, rockets, and then strike with the Kinjal missiles because they're very accurate. I was getting the sense that this thing was winding down. Um... We're hearing that the funding is drying up. We're seeing that the funding is drying up unless more of the, the European NATO partners come forward, which seems at this point shaky or unlikely. Mm -hmm. So is this what? Is this like, 
do you think this is sort of a last gasp or some show of strength to try to uh, bolster their their public relations position as they go around begging for money? Yeah, I have to assume it's, you know, a way for them to say, look, we still have a chance. Um, a big thing for them, you know, they, they have a lot of their military leadership talking about losing the Donbass region and Kherson. But the thing that they're always talking about to their people is taking back Crimea. They're still talking about taking Crimea back. Now it's by March. And, uh, you know, back a month ago, they were going to do it by the end of the year. Um, you know, the likelihood of it happening is, you know, almost none. But, uh, you know, it's probably more for their people. They're having a lot of problems recruiting people for the military. They've closed their borders. They don't allow men or women to leave. And um, I'm seeing reports from people I know in Ukraine that are saying they're actually taking um, 40, 50, sometimes 60 and 70 year old men and putting them on the front lines. Now, I did see a little bit of, um, you know, grumbling about the lies of Russia on the number of Ukrainians that are surrendering. But Putin did talk about this yesterday when he had this uh, long question and answer thing. And he mentioned that there are a lot of Ukrainians just surrendering. Um, I was privy to an interview just today. Six border guards, Ukrainian border guards, surrendered. And one of them, I was privy to his interview. Um, and he said that, you know, they were not treated well by Ukraine. They weren't being paid. They weren't being supplied properly. And uh, that in captivity, they're actually treated extremely well. And he was encouraging Ukrainians to lay down their weapons to, uh, you know, signal on the radio channel that Russia has set up for them to surrender on. Now, there's several um, terrorist cell groups like in Crimea that are trying to, uh, you know, take action here. Uh, they had a, um, we have a delivery service, which is CDEC, kind of like FedEx, um, Russian based. And they had a shredding company coming to, you know, pick up their shredding bin. And when they were emptying the shredding bin out, they found three grenades inside of the shredding bin. So, um, you know, back about a week ago, they arrested a uh, group of people. Uh, one of the guys had blown up the railroad tracks in Crimea. Um, they had been planning other terror attacks and civilians and civilian infrastructure in Crimea. So I think it's moving, you know, more away from a conventional war to maybe this, uh, you know, terror cell attacks. It was interesting to listen to Putin and his speech and the language that he used. He seemed extremely confident and even used the phrase, it's over. Um, you know, elaborating beyond that, talking about, you know, this colonialism or mm -hmm. imperialism that uh, 
some people make reference to and when looking at the expansion of NATO and U.S. influence around the world. And, you know, he's saying that this is over. And I think that this conflict in Ukraine, and I'd like your take on this, as this winds down, is this a signal to the West and the rest of the world that we're, we really are now truly into a new multipolar geopolitical reality? I think in Putin's mind and probably um, Xi and China, India, you know, I think a lot of them are signaling to the West that, you know, the multipolar world is coming, that this uh, homogeneity that the U.S. has is done with. So I think it's just bringing forth what maybe the United States is aware of already but aren't willing to admit but yes, there's a lot of talk about, you know, your sanctions have done no good. Um, you know, cutting, of, cutting us off from banking has done no good. Um, there's different ways of opening up for, you know, people to transfer money, things like that. So um, I do see this whole thing that the West has tried setting up breaking down at this point. And that mindset. That, that I took note of from Putin in his speech. I mean, he also talked about, you know, Odessa always having been part of Russia, um, mm -hmm. that Ukraine is, has really always been part of Russia. It, uh, it indicates to me that I, I can't really tell at this point. My question really is, do you think he's going to be content with what he has, or will there, there be a place at a negotiating table for both sides? Or is he now in a position with the funding drying up and the support from NATO dwindling? Are we looking at a situation here where Russia really is poised to kind of go in and just take everything? No, Putin has no desire to have the whole country because then he would have to rule and manage it. Um, I, you know, the, Statements I've heard from different politicians and um, other authorities here is that they're looking for east of the Dnieper River and down through Odessa over to Transnistra. And, <coughs> excuse me, those are the historically Russian parts of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it'll stop. I think they'll go right up to the river. Um, you know, it's a natural border. And they're all people that are friendly with Russia. Yeah. So when he says that there will be peace once all of Russia's military objectives are achieved, then that's really, I think, if I'm hearing you correctly, what we're talking about. It isn't about taking all of Ukraine. It's those particular areas that he's really interested in. And would you say this is a, a, a how would you characterize this as a loss for the West, a loss for the United States and NATO, and what are the long-term ramifications from this? I think it is definitely a loss for NATO and, and the West. Um, you know, you even see like the European Union saying, well, we'll start negotiations with Ukraine to join the EU. But you then hear guys like Orban, um, other European Union leaders saying, well, you know, We'll talk to them. Orban says he won't even talk to them. It's a waste of his time. But they're saying, well, we'll talk to them, but, you know, it isn't going to happen. I think it was France said this today is, um, you know, 
reality is it isn't going to happen. It's more of an appeasement thing for Ukraine. I think Ukraine is going to, you know, part of the objective of Putin is to eliminate the Kiev government. And I think you'll see a pro-Russian government installed. Um, you know, will Poland take part of Ukraine? Who knows? You know, that's just guessing. Um, I think there will be a rump state that is pretty powerless to do anything. Um, I think the West will end up in the end telling Ukraine what they're going to do. But there won't be any negotiations. This is going to literally be Russia saying this is the way it is. And that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And with other countries like uh, Finland, Poland, um, while all while this conflict has been evolving, we've seen NATO trying to line up these other countries adjacent to Russia as uh, you know allies, I guess, and uh, an affront really to to Russia. Where do you think that leaves those states at the end of this? Once Russia reasserts its influence and authority in 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 the area of Ukraine that it's going to control? I think they're going to be the, you know, the ugly stepchild of NATO. Um, you know, I think the reason they've been invited to join NATO is because it gave the West the talking point or it gave NATO the talking point of, you know, see Russia, you took this stance about Ukraine and, you know, now that you've gone into Ukraine, we're going to, you know, we're going to line your borders with other NATO nations. Um, I think NATO is going to be on its way out. They have too many conflicts in their own states right now. They can't make agreement on things. The European Union has been weakened. They're arguing. I think both of those organizations are going to start falling apart. So there was a, a great degree of arrogance here, I think, on part of uh, the United States, of NATO. Um, it seems to me this war was really about trying to erode Russian resources as much as anything else. Not Maybe not so much about winning, but in the end, this has really exposed cracks in the NATO alliance and strength. Yeah. Um, you know, there... I don't know. I, I hate to bring... Uh, I, I was listening to uh, you know, Andrew Bustamante the other day, and he was talking about this conflict and the purpose of it. And I can buy into this. It is, you know, speculation, and you know I don't like to speculate a lot, but Andrew's a former CIA covert operations officer, mm -hmm. and he was saying that really what this is is practice for the West for war against China. Um, you know, the United States to move tanks uh, 7,000 miles from the United States to Ukraine is one thing, but when they've got 15,000 miles to move them to have war with China, they have to actually practice doing this. So he was talking about this is a typical U.S. CIA operation to actually practice how they can move equipment, how quickly they can get it there, because they have no bases around China. And what he was saying actually makes a lot of sense. 
if the United States is really looking for war with China. I think it would be foolish because they haven't done so well in helping Ukraine. And, you know, when you consider that China and Russia are like, you know, twin brothers right now, um, you know, I think it would be a foolish move. This failure or defeat in Ukraine, I think, probably also severely tarnishes the the image and reputation of the United States and NATO as a trusted partner. It undermines that trust. It's going to be increasingly difficult for other countries, like even Taiwan, to, or any country, really, um, to trust the United States when they say, we'll come in and we'll support you, we'll give you the arms, we'll back you up, let's go to war. Uh, you know, you go back and you look through history, you, you look at the way even the United States has treated the Kurds multiple yeah. times, abandoning them. And and then this incident now in Ukraine and even even with Israel, I mean, the the ability of the United States really to provide backup or security through support for Israel, it seems pretty shaky right now just all the way around how do what do you think how do you think this plays out in the long run for the united states and uh and its ongoing efforts to maintain alliances around the world well you know we've already seen uh them starting to lose alliances over um sanctions there's many countries particularly africa who are turning to russia india and china as reliable partners because the united states is now viewed as if you don't go along with what we tell you we're going to apply sanctions against you mm -hmm. israel is just another black eye for the united states ukraine blackened one eye israel's blackening the other because as much as the u.s government you know says we're warning israel be careful with civilians don't harm civilians don't harm hostages, but don't harm them with the bombs that we're giving you. Uh, you know, reality is, is they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth and everyone's looking at that and they understand it. I think it's going to leave the United States pretty powerless in the end. And isolated. Have any influence. Isolated. Yeah. 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 Very dangerous situation for the West, for sure. Um, what do you think is coming next? That one, I don't know. You know, I keep looking at Taiwan. They just signed another deal to, you know, sell them more weapons. They're, you know, sounds like that could be one. Um, I'm seeing Armenia still divided and fighting. And, you know, word on the street is that that has CIA influence in it. Um, I know some people in Georgia who are seeing um, U.S. influence there. And, uh, you know, the country of Georgia is starting to, you know, get shaky again. So um, it's almost like the United States hasn't had enough with Ukraine in failing. And they need to find something near to Russia to maybe try to win. But it's going to continue to fail. You know, if you look back at um, 
you know, the second Chechen war, the first Chechen war, first Chechen war was a CIA operation. Um, you know, the Ossetia, uh, Georgia war again, you know, it was the United States sticking their fingers in there. It wasn't Russia attacking Georgia. The Georgians attacked the Ossetians who did not want to be part of Georgia. So this is just a pattern the United States has of going in, causing trouble in little countries, a Serbia and Kosovo for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And they United, make no friends. Yeah. yeah and, and spread so thin. It, we've seen evidence that NATO is actually running out of weapons. And yet now we have this conflict in, uh, in the Middle East with Israel, Hamas, and we see all this saber rattling with all these warmongering hawks in Washington who want seem to want to go to war with China, but with what and how? It 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 defies logic to me. What what are your thoughts? Uh, I have no thoughts other than what you said. It just defies logic. You know, they they have been very unsuccessful. Now they haven't fought directly with Russia. But China is a much larger military force than Russia is even. So, you know, you've got 2 million armed forces in Russia at this point, and what, half a billion in China? Um, you know, I don't know what they have, but, uh, you know, very modern. They've got the ability to fight, and it's their home territory. It's like playing football in your own football field. Mm -hmm. And in Putin's speech, he made some references to troop sizes. Um, there was a mention of bolstering the numbers a little bit, but uh, it, it looks like he's pretty well positioned. And I would say, and again, give me your, 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 your analysis of this, but is time on Putin's side at this point, given the, statements we've heard about funding kind of drying up from the West? Yeah, absolutely, because Russia is actively producing arms. They're actively producing weapons, tanks, missiles, and it's been good for the economy here. It really, sanctions haven't affected us at all. And, uh, you know, time just gives Russia the chance to build more of this armament, um, they, you know, even without this special military operation, they recruit 130 to 140,000 uh, conscripts twice a year. This is their standard draft. So they're adding, what, a quarter of a million men to the rolls every year. And they've got 40,000 volunteers a month coming forward and volunteering to be part of the military. And that's where I came up with this 2 million man value at this point. They had one and a half when they started this operation and they've had so many volunteers coming in. They've, you know, recruited more, um, you know, time is nothing but growth for Russia. So Putin seems to have executed this exactly the way that he, he really wanted to faced some criticism, you know, at some points for, for not being more aggressive, but would you say this has unfolded the way that uh, he, he planned? And 
it seems to have been very strategic, very targeted. It hasn't been, you know, a, a shock and awe campaign. He's gone in, he's had very specific goals, and it seems like he's well positioned as we enter what appears to be the final phases of this conflict. Yeah, you know, there's been mistakes made along the way, but the Russian military is very adaptable and they were very good at adapting quickly. So, um, you know, one of his goals from the very beginning was to follow the international laws that the West doesn't seem to be able to follow. Um, they wanted to avoid civilian casualties. They don't want to destroy any more infrastructure than is necessary. And when they do destroy infrastructure, they rebuild it when they're done. Um, the thing that I hear out of the West all the time is Russia is going to have to give Ukraine this many billions of dollars to rebuild Ukraine. Um, you know, at the rate the Donbass area is going, uh, it would be better off if Russia destroyed all of Ukraine. I look at a, a city like Mariupol, which was totally destroyed by the time Russia uh, moved through there. And they are rebuilding quickly. I've got some of my workers are up there doing work on the mosques and the apartment buildings, and they're doing a beautiful job of rebuilding the city, much better than what it was beforehand. So, um, you know, he he's doing it the way he thinks it should be done. He does get a lot of criticism. Uh, this drone attack last night, there was a lot this morning of, you know, well, what's Russia going to do about it? And, um, you know, they made strikes against the Ukrainian military and, you know, it stopped it. Let's see what happens tonight. Uh, but usually these things happen and then it stops for a while and it just seems to work for Putin to take this slow, thoughtful, steady process. He never reacts immediately. If there's a big attack, you usually won't see a response for three or four days. He wants to hear from his advisors. He wants to think about it. He goes over it with, you know, all parties involved, comes up with what he thinks is the best plan. And that's what he has his military go forth with. Mm -hmm. So he talks about denazification. That seems like something that has to be somewhat targeted as well, because obviously not every person in Ukraine is a Nazi, but they do have right. a Nazi problem there. So how do you think in the end here, in these final phases, Putin would go about achieving that particular goal? I really have no idea because the center of the Nazi activities tends to be that very Western uh, Galicia corner, uh, the former Poland area. I know part of the denazification is getting rid of what they call the Nazi government. And I know they take a lot of flack from the West over how can a Jewish president be a Nazi? Well, he's not, but he's controlled by the Nazi parties, by the right sector guys over in Lviv. Right. Um, you know, I don't know how they will do that. Will it be, you know, FSB special operations to eliminate these guys? Will it be, you know, 
forcing them out, who knows? I, I have no clue how they intend to do that. But I do know that one of the stated goals is to eliminate the government. And I guess at this point, we should just be grateful that we didn't see any civilian casualties as a result of these attacks. Uh, was there any damage at all, or did they get 100% of all these targets? Uh, there was absolutely shoot all that stuff down. Yeah, everything that was shot at uh, Crimea yesterday was shot down. Um, you know, they do put warnings out to citizens. They have official channels that uh, everybody listens to. And when the missiles were being fired at, actively being shot at, they were telling people that there is a risk of falling debris, so make sure you stay in shelter. Um, you know, fortunately, there, there were no casualties. Um, but, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is sometimes there's casualties on both sides of civilians. And, you know, Putin does try to eliminate that as much as possible. Uh, the Ukrainians, not so much. Okay. Is there anything else you think uh, we might be missing here, Kevin? Uh, any other ground that uh, we need to cover here today? No, you know, the only thing I'll, I'll share with you beyond that is I had the chance last week of reviewing some of the um, air defense systems and the defense systems for not only the Black Sea Fleet, but the uh, the Crimean bridge and the amount of work that they put in to put in systems to prevent attacks on, on this infrastructure is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, they've had a, you know, one or two air defense systems destroyed over the summer and, uh, they've made active moves to, uh, really, uh, bolster that up and, uh, make it pretty hard to hit much of anything here. And how can people find you and 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 take a look at your other your other work? Well, they can find me down here at infowars.press. No, not associated. Um, my my other channel is americancrimea.site. And uh, we stream about general life in Crimea, um, some of the travels we do around the peninsula when I'm doing some of, uh, you know, this research on things. So um, that's a good site to find things as well. All right. Kevin Michalizzi, thank you very much for this insight and your analysis extremely valuable and information that you're just not going to get anywhere else, folks. Make sure you go visit Kevin Michalizzi's website, his, his YouTube channel, infowars.press. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure.
Maverick News. The world is watching. I think one of the reasons we haven't heard anything about what Kevin and myself, what we were just talking about, is because so much attention right now is focused on the Israel-Hamas war. And that, this week, just within the last couple of days, has turned into, well, not just a disaster, but an all-out catastrophe on the public relations front. It was a disaster before, and now it's a full-blown catastrophe. For a couple of reasons. One of them is because anger is escalating over the admission from Israel that they killed three of their own hostages by mistake in Gaza. There's mounting anger over this. Apparently, there were, there's some reports coming out that uh, these hostages who were, were somehow had escaped captivity or had been released or something, they were carrying around a stick with a white cloth on it. In a plaza downtown in Tel Aviv known as Hostage Square, Raz Ben-Ami, who was released from captivity late last month, told a crowd of hundreds that she had warned the Israeli government that military operations in Gaza were putting hostages at risk. And unfortunately, she apparently has now been proven correct. And where the media is concerned, this is getting a lot of play. It uh, further tarnishes the image of Benjamin Netanyahu. And it's uh, front and center on the, the talk show circuit, podcasts, and even right here on NBC News today. You and this horrific news from yeah. the IDF that it mistakenly killed three Israeli hostages. What's the very latest that you're hearing about that, Hallie? We're hearing now from the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Kristen, in just the last little bit, calling this an unbearable tragedy for his country, saying that the country is in deep sorrow, deep mourning tonight after the news that the IDF, the Israeli military, they say, have mistakenly killed these three hostages. Unclear if they had escaped, unclear if they had been abandoned, according to the Israeli military. Yotam Haim, Alon Shamriz, and Samar Al-Talaka, those are the three people whose families, you see their pictures here, their, their names here, whose families are mourning them tonight. Uh, this had been 
in, in some instances, in many ways, the nightmare scenario, Kristen, for the hostage family members that we've been talking to here in and around Tel Aviv, in and around Israel, who are desperate to get their loved ones home. And that is why you are seeing such an outpouring here of support for those families in Israel. We are also hearing some new reaction now from back home in Washington, Kristen, from the, uh, the administration that you have covered, of course, and that is from the National Security Council spokesperson, John Kirby, not on camera, but talking about this, saying that... Um, doesn't want to get too much into specifics. The specifics are not extremely clear at this moment, but of course, calling this a tragic mistake, essentially, as you, I believe, are looking live at some of the pictures from around a place called Hostage Square with, I believe, some of these families on the move. This is actually a location we're headed to right after we finish talking with you, because again, this is what's happening on the streets. Uh, so we're going to get some more information about what's going down on that live shot right there, Kristen. We're going to bring that to you. But again, questions about did these uh hostages try to speak Hebrew? Did they try to indicate in some way that they had been abducted to these Israeli troops who mistakenly identified them as terror threats, essentially? There is going to be, I think, a massive investigation to come into how this could have happened uh, and how to stop it from ever happening again. Hmm. Well, it is a public relations disaster catastrophe amplified by additional reports uh, this week focused again on the IDF activities in Gaza resulting in more civilian deaths. At this point though, folks, I have to tell you, I am not sure how much of what I'm seeing, reading, hearing is truthful and how much is propaganda, how much is actually fabricated. I'm questioning everything, including these reports from this week saying that the IDF had killed children and babies and piled the bodies in a school. And there is video out there, but it is blurred. It's being, it's, it's, has been blurred inside the school. And so I, I don't really care to look at dead bodies, but when it's blurred and I, I've seen other things coming through on social media, I don't know. And then I see more and more um, responsive reports from I would call them more pro-Palestinian news outlets Arab news outlets independent streamers who also have a an obvious and strong bias and it makes me wonder how accurate and even how factual some of this stuff is and so you know, Al, Al Jazeera, I think, does some good work, but they are, in my view, also very biased. Here's, um, I'm not going to show you the, the, the most graphic stuff, but just take a look at this report. And I mean, this, a lot of this seems credible, but I also know that we're at war and a, this, and a big part of this is information warfare. And with AI and staging and 
We've seen other things. I just don't know. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying it's completely factual. I'm not saying it's completely fabricated. I'm saying these are reports that have come, been coming out, multiple reporters reporting this, multiple outlets. But at this point, I question everything. There may be some truth. It may be partially true. It may be completely true. I don't know. But this is absolutely having a super negative effect on Israel's image. Check out this Al Jazeera we'll report. Harrowing images and testimonies obtained by Al Jazeera from inside a school in northern Gaza following One an Israeli attack. Let me change the speed on that. Here we go. Bodies of a number of displaced Palestinians. Okay, I can't. I do not want to show you that. Okay, I'll show you this image here. All right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I've got everything sort of blurred here. This is on YouTube, by the way, this report already. So, I mean, it's... Uh, but you should be aware that this is even blurred and re-questioning things. It's disturbing, okay? So you, uh, you may not want to look at this. But here's how they're blurring images so you can't really see what is going on there. I mean, you, you kind of know what, what it is, but is it accurate? Is it true? I don't know. I know that it's resulting in... Um, reports from, well, independent streamers who are, you know, saying, well, like this, this young lady here, I'll run what she has to say. Uh, so she's taking all this as absolutely 100% factual. I'm questioning everything from every side. See, and she's saying this is all a fact. Like everything that's being reported is absolutely true. I don't know. I'll I'll let her speak. You can decide for yourself. Even with that footage, I don't know how much weight to give this. And yet again, another massacre has happened in Palestine. It has just been reported that in a school in the northern part of Gaza where Palestinians were taking refuge in a classroom, they were killed execution style. Based on an eyewitness report, the IDF soldiers went into a classroom and found women, children, and newborn babies hiding and taking refuge and killed them execution style. They then took the men as hostages. There's no evidence of shelling. There's no evidence of bombing. And so it is clear that these Palestinians were killed by gunfire. In a video that Al Jazeera has posted and now Sean King has also posted, you will find in a classroom, dead bodies piled on top of each other. And yet people are still using the argument that the IDF and Israel themselves are just defending themselves. Against who? The women and children and the newborn babies that are hiding in a classroom? And yet again, another massacre has happened in Palestine. So, first of all, the hostages who were accidentally killed wouldn't have been in that position had they not been taken hostage. Secondly, 
Israel would not have responded in the way that they did, uh, even on the scale that they have, if Hamas had not attacked on October 7th. These reports, I don't know how much weight to give them because the images are not entirely clear. I also know that there's absolute bias coming from the media outlets that have reported this as the primary source. Secondary sources or tertiary sources or responsive videos from live streamers like this young lady who is just reacting and then putting the information out there again with no visual evidence, no other evidence of any kind, just her regurgitating the information based on her watching Al Jazeera and then telling people that it's an absolute fact, again, gives it no more credibility, in my view, than it had before. Just because she's saying it's true, I don't know. For all I know, from what we've seen over the past three years with the pandemic, with the propaganda, with government manipulating information, all governments engaging in information warfare, absolute fabrications, a lot of truth out there too, mixed up with propaganda. I can't tell anymore. That's also why at the end of this broadcast, we're going to talk briefly, just very briefly, about artificial intelligence and information warfare. Again, I have something to share with you in that regard later in the broadcast. Take it all with a grain of salt. There's propaganda, information warfare going on on both sides. Uh, you know, in terms of public relations, this is a disaster, a catastrophe for Israel. This is terrible for them. And even for the West, for the United States, for us, ultimately, maybe. I, <laughs> it's biased. The coverage is biased. Absolutely. And so, too, is this coverage coming back the other way? Let me, let me see if I can find this. Um, okay. Well, here, I'm going to run this for you first. This is a, a guy from UNICEF also engaging in the regurgitation of information, but he is in a hospital at least and is giving us a firsthand account. Now, I don't know this guy, so I can't tell you where his political affiliations might lie, but he's standing in what appears to be a hospital and he's sharing this information with us. And I give this a little bit more weight in terms of credibility, but also look at the writing. Okay, this is not English on the screen, this is uh, pro-Palestinian media, all right? All this stuff coming out. Keep in mind that this guy is not a journalist. He is... I, how do you describe someone like... He's, he's from UNICEF, tends to be left-leaning, um, organ, left-leaning, leftist kind of organization, I would say. Has been throughout its history in my assessment personally, my opinion. Um, and so I would say that they would, in this case, be sympathetic to the Palestinian point of view. So let me just let this guy roll. The ceasefire is over. 
we can already hear the bombing and I'm at a hospital. There was a hit about 50 metres from here. This is the biggest still functioning hospital in Gaza. It's at 200% capacity. Yes, this is a hospital. The health system here is overwhelmed. This hospital simply cannot take more children with the wounds of war. There are children everywhere. These children are sleeping. There was a bomb literally 50 metres from here. I cannot overstate how the capacity has been reduced of hospitals in the last seven weeks. We cannot see more children with the wounds of war, with the burns, with the shrapnel littering their body with the broken bones. Inaction by those with influence is allowing the killing of children. This is a war on children. And again, that is, if you, you may have noticed the, uh, the symbols on there, Al Jazeera. Is it really a war on children? This, that, you see language like that. When it comes to war, you, uh, as soon as they start going after the narrative, when they start using that narrative, fueling emotions, it's always about the children. It's always about the children. It's a war on children. Is it? Is it really a war on children? Also, the Israelis are going in there and they're just targeting children and babies. Same thing when they came in on October 7th and there was all the rhetoric about the children and the dead babies. And, you know, there was even a report coming out of Gaza uh, over the past week about uh, <laughs> incubators, the incubators, the uh, Israeli forces had left these babies in incubators to die and then actually <laughs> decompose. I mean, that was the report. There might be some truth to it, but the way it was reported, it smacked of propaganda to me. And you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> the babies and in incubators and the Bush administration and the same kind of rhetoric that they were using then. The, 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 the incubators, the babies and in the incubators. That smacks of propaganda to me. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. But we're at war and I'm no fool. Are you? Maverick News. The world is watching. And then there's this stuff coming back on the opposite side. Here's a, here's a post about an Al Jazeera reporter 
the allegation here is that this guy at first, again, I mean, I don't know how much weight to give it, but hey, since we're just running stuff that may or may not be true because there's no way to know, this is a, supposed to be an Al Jazeera reporter who was posing, I don't know, he was supposed to be injured in some sort of uh, attack from Israel. Okay, so they put the violin music in to sort of make it syrupy and show the, uh, you know, trying to tell you that this is not, this is acting is what they're getting at. I don't know, maybe. But then they show this picture. And again, I don't know. He's at a funeral for... Another reporter, this is supposed to be just a few hours later. Al Jazeera reporter, and they circled an image, and there he is. Not so wounded as we were led to believe, if this post is accurate. And again, I don't know. That's the point of what I'm getting at. It's hard to know, maybe impossible to know. How accurate any of this stuff coming out of there is at this point. It's a PR war as much as anything else. And the PR war, I think, might be the most important aspect of this war. Because that determines whether you support either side, whether you support the funding of this conflict. Oh what you support, which side do you come down on? Are you with the people marching in the streets or are you with the Jews and Israel and la, 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 la. And the first casualty of war is truth, as we know. And that's what's coming through online. And then... As a result of all this, people are all jacked up. I told you, I did not, did I not tell you that eventually, pretty soon, we'd start to see terrorist activities here in Canada and the United States ramp up as a result of all of this conflict, as the, this war between Israel and Hamas? Well, tonight... The RCMP has arrested an Ottawa youth in an alleged terror plot targeting the Jewish community. Here's a headline. So here's what we know about it. As you can see right there, RCMP has released a, has put out a media release with regard to this, and it is being picked up by media outlets. Not getting that much attention. But it's out there. The information is there for anyone who wants to um, pay attention, as we are here 
on Maverick News tonight. So what do we know about this? Well, it's all in relation to an alleged terrorism threat against the Jewish community. Two national security sources say that this alleged plot was believed to be religiously motivated and targeted Jewish Canadians. A male youth, too young to be identified in Canada under uh, the laws here, uh, was arrested in Ottawa. This arrest was, was executed last night. And they say this was a significant national security investigation that coming directly from security officials. And Global News was really the first to report this. So you have to give credit where credit is due. But this youth has appeared now in court, has been arraigned, so it is public information now. But we do not know exactly what the charges against this young person are at this point. He's been taken into custody and will be back in court for another appearance Monday morning. We also know that a chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosives team was sent to the scene of the arrest. Exactly why? We do not know why. But this is giving rise to... Well, it's just, it's beyond concerning at this point, because it also follows um, other arrests and charges throughout this month that have received, again, very little media attention. A little bit, but not a lot. So we know that um, just a few days ago, RCMP and Calgary police arrested a fourth person in connection with an ongoing terrorism investigation that has been connected to social media posts after arresting three others. Uh, news of this arrest came the same day that a 17-year-old arrested earlier this year in the same investigation was placed on a terrorism peace bond and was then ordered to stay away from social media LGBTQ events, and synagogues. So this all started back in June, at which time police arrested a 20-year-old and three teens. Their ages were 15, 16, and 17. Young, minors, youths in Canada, charged with terrorism offenses. Police have confirmed that the 16-year-old was taken into police custody and then was released last Wednesday. The identities of these teams cannot be released under Canadian law because of the Youth Criminal Justice Act. That's the way the law works in Canada. 
very serious if we release their identities. You can't even release their, you can't even release information about their parents or anyone who might know them or anyone connected to them if it might inadvertently reveal their identities because of the way the Canadian law is set up. So again, that youth arrested this past week now must stay away from LGBTQ events and synagogues. So according to a report from security officials earlier this week, they say the boy poses a moderate risk to the community and also say that this teen appears to have a pathological fixation with Islamic extremist ideology, violence, and weapons. That's the allegation. This stuff still has to be proven in court. And of course, we don't know who this guy is. Or at least we can't tell you. So we'll see where all of this stuff goes. Uh, there's that. And then there's also... Additional concerns surrounding the um, arrests and charges laid against two men from Ontario earlier this month after allegedly producing recruitment videos for a listed terrorist organization and circulating what the Crown is calling far-right manifestos online. The arrests follow an 18-month investigation, which was conducted by the RCMP's Integrated National Security Enforcement Team, which saw warrants executed in the Niagara and Toronto region. Police did issue a news release at that time and said that uh, the warrants uncovered substantial evidence, including what they're calling far-right manifestos circulated on Telegram, as well as videos made in an effort to recruit individuals to an organization called Adam Waffen. We did briefly report on this story the day of the charges, but I draw your attention to it again. Here this evening because it just further illustrates the polarization and the radicalization of people on all sides of the political spectrum as a result of these wars and raucous, chaotic times in our society. Here's the RCMP Twitter page where they released the information on those arrests earlier this month. Brace for more. Guaranteed, we will see more of it because this conflict in the Middle East is not over. And we have 
all the players here in Canada and the U.S. who are in conflict with each other as a result. Oh, my. Let's take a quick break. I'll be right back. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarmingly, some media outlets publish the same things that are true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. Sometime back, we reported on Rhonda Jubinville here in my hometown, a counselor who put a motion forward as a local counselor that reverberated across North America because she was responding to the rejection of requests from Christian groups to fly their flags, their organizational flags outside government buildings. She said that, In her resolution, she recommended that only government flags be flown outside government buildings. And of course, that resulted in pushback from the LGBTQS plus community. She was accused of being homophobic, among other things. And then she was reprimanded. She was forced to work I don't know how many, how many weeks of pay as a counselor she was docked. But since then, and, and her, her motion was, was rejected. She just said, if you can't fly all the flags, then you shouldn't fly any of them, only government flags. Because here in this town, as in many others, sometimes they'll have like, pride week or pride month and then they'll fly a pride flag or they'll have some other organization like the united way or charities and they'll fly the flags in front of city buildings or government buildings just to raise awareness within the community about these different community-based organizations well christian groups are being ignored lgbtq plus communities were not it was ruffling feathers. 
I just told you what happened here in my community. Well, then you saw communities like Dearborn, Michigan adopt policies where they did exactly that. Said, no more, not going to fly the the pride flag here. We're only going to fly uh, government flags. Just keep it focused on government. We are now seeing another community, the municipality of Lakeshore, not far from here. They have now also adopted a policy right in line with what Rhonda Jubinville here in my hometown was proposing. She kind of kicked things off, set off a domino effect. And now in the community of Lakeshore, which is really part of Windsor-Essex on the Detroit border, Windsor-Detroit border, it's out in the county. They, they've adopted a policy exactly that. They're only going to now fly government flags in front of government buildings. None of these other groups will. Anybody coming forward asking to have fly a flag to raise, no, not going to happen. Here's what happened. Very low key. Didn't even mention this particular agenda item by name when they got to it. Watch, watch what happens here as I bring this up. I'm going to run this. This is a, this comes, it just comes up. It's not even really named. One of the counselors has to ask to confirm if this is what they're really dealing with. Seems to me they were trying to just kind of slide this one in under the radar, get the vote done and avoid public scrutiny and controversy on this. I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing here. And this is what happened. Coming up right here, they were voting on another sneak matter. One more in. I'm going to go ahead and seek a motion. Oh, sorry. Sneak one more in, she said. That's carried eight zero. I'll sneak one more in. So I'm going ahead to seek the motion to direct administration. Deputy Mayor Walstead. Yes, I'll move uh, option one, Madam Mayor. Moving option one, seconder. Councillor Byrne, comments or questions? Councillor Vogler. I just have a quick question. So if we're um, moving option one, then the notes mentioned above in comments, which indicate that the corporate leader of community health and safety can authorize special requests, um, all of that jazz is moot. It's a, it's a no-go, right? That's right. Further comments or questions? Okay, seeing them, we'll vote digitally now. This is... Oh, and that's carried seven to one opposed councillor Kerr. and this is our final um meeting for the year so i will uh, wish everyone a very happy holiday season hopefully everybody gets some rest i'll look for a motion to adjourn i don't even need it we're done and that also ends the practice of flying special interest group flags in front of government buildings in the municipality of Lakeshore, Ontario. And that is exactly what got, well, I don't know if that's exactly what got Rhonda into trouble and reprimanded. They technically came after her um, for, you know, sort of subtle other things, but that's really what was at the heart of it all. That was the issue that uh, 
thrust her into the spotlight and made the municipality the, uh, I'd say, the neoliberal crowd, the woke, the wokesters came after her, and they still are coming after her, and that is why we bring her on this program, because she deserves to have a voice, and uh, it's disappointing to see that they would not allow her to speak freely and tried to cancel her, shut her down and shut her up for doing exactly what those guys did. And they obviously did it in a very low-key way in order to avoid a lot of what I'm giving you right now, which is attention. I'll be right back. Jingle bells. Trudeau smells. Biden laid an egg. Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal. But tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone. Have a merry maverick Christmas. And a magnificent new year. Cantaloupes. Canta, canta, cantaloupes. If you have cantaloupes, you might want to avoid eating them until you are sure where they came from. Um, because we have a salmonella outbreak involving cantaloupes in both Canada and the United States. In Canada, we know that we have six people dead as a result of this, 153 cases in total. We know that um, cases have been reported in eight Canadian provinces, British Columbia, Alberta, Ontario, Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland and Labrador and Quebec. Quebec has the majority of cases rising to 103 from 91 in the past week. And information has been released by a public health agency of Canada regarding this. They say a majority of the people affected are children under six or adults age 65 or older. And they became sick between mid-October and late November. A little late to the game getting their hands around this one. 53 people in total have been hospitalized in Canada. Obviously, this is very serious and very, very dangerous. And the CDC in the United States also reporting that a total of four people in the United States have died as a result of a salmonella outbreak involving cantaloupes again and this apparently involves the same strain of salmonella that they're dealing with on the canadian front so far three recall warnings have been issued for 
Malachita cantaloupes and the, the Rudy brand of cantaloupes. So if you have cantaloupes from either of those companies, I would say don't eat them. Dangerous. Oh, yeah, Tuesday, big day in Canada. Because the federal government is going to release some information that's going to send shockwaves through the auto industry and our society. Apparently, Environment Minister Stephen Guibault will outline the new regulations, the final set of regulations that will make sure that every new passenger car sold in Canada by 2035 is zero emissions. In other words, by 2035, you will only be allowed to buy electric cars. This apparently coming down on Tuesday. This uh, new legislation will be called the Electric Vehicle Availability Standard. It's always the opposite of what they tell you or some twisted definition that they or title that they affix to these programs. It's usually the opposite. This is about they shouldn't call it the electric vehicle availability standard. They should call it the we're banning all gasoline powered cars. Legit law uh, or act. So so these regulations will apply to automakers, but not necessarily dealerships. Um, and under this new legislation, manufacturers will be working on a credit system. That's the way these neoliberal wokesters like to work. That's sort of the way they set up these programs. Manufacturers will earn credits based on the number of low and no emissions vehicles that they sell. And those credits determine then whether they're in compliance with the law. Different vehicles will earn different amounts of credits depending on how close they come to a zero emissions standard. If they're all electric, then I don't know where the differences will come in, but maybe it'll have to do with how efficient they are and how much electricity per kilometer is used. Maybe that will be one of the factors, but we will find out Tuesday because that's when it's all coming down. The federal government in Canada wants 20% of all vehicles sold to be zero emissions vehicles by 2026. And that target then goes up to 60% by 2030 and 100% by 2035. All this happening, well, we know that inventory of electric vehicles is piling up at dealerships across Canada and the United States. We know that on the U.S. side, a dealer's association 
just within the past week or so, sent a letter, an open letter to Joe Biden, the president of the United States, asking him to tap the brakes on the expansion of the electrification of the auto industry, because to put it simply, the EVs are just not selling. The dealers are telling the government that this is not working the way that they had planned. They're just sending them the raw numbers, stating the facts. They can't sell the cars, even though they've already been discounting them. And now on Tuesday, the push toward full electrification will continue on the Canadian front because the Canadian government has been taking a lead role on the EV vehicle front. So look for that Tuesday. When we come back, we'll tell you a little bit about what Donald Trump had to say in New Hampshire today. And he's pushing back against this EV revolution. We'll let him explain why in his own words when we pick up his speech on the other side of this. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at freedomreporters.com that's freedomreporters.com maverick news the antivirus program for your mind the trumpster had him eating out of the palm of his hand big crowd in Durham, new hampshire today There he is saying, drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. He understands the importance of oil, energy to the United States of America. He also understands the vulnerabilities to the economy and to national security that this roller coaster ride taking us into an EV future presents. So he's making it an election issue. Make no mistake. Let's pick up Donald Trump in New Hampshire, speaking to uh, an incredibly enthusiastic crowd. 
where the phrase live free or die has real cultural and historical roots. Oh, stiff penalties on China and all other nations as they abuse us. And I did that with China, hundreds of billions of dollars. The reason China is not doing very well right now, as you probably are reading, but they're not doing well is because of the big tariffs that they're paying to the United States. And I want them to do well. I think it's fine, but they can't abuse us. For years and years, they were abusing us. And I was talking about it for years. One of the reasons I ran, and other countries also, by the way, they're not they're not all alone, I can tell you that. I will also immediately stop crooked Joe Biden's latest ripoff of the American people, his plan to give, listen to this, global climate reparations to foreign nations. He's going to give billions of dollars because he's saying that we have a dirty climate and he's going to give billions and billions of dollars to foreign nations that think we're the dumbest people in history, okay? Billions. He's going to give reparations to other countries that have filthy climates, by the way. You know, the one thing about climate, so we fight like hell and they put up all these windmills all over the place that uh, if you add the cost of rebuilding and they're all rebuilt, you know, in China, they're all built in China and Germany. And they said, let's assume you're a big believer in this. They send big fumes in. So you add it all up and it's terrible. You can't get rid of the blades. They only last 10 years. Uh, the energy is the most expensive energy you can do. They kill all our birds. If you want to see a bird cemetery, go under a windmill sometime. You'll see birds like you never saw. It's a very, if you love birds, you'll start to weep. But it's, it's just the craziest thing. They ruin our plains and fields. They're killing our whales. You know, the whales are coming in. I think we had one whale come in in 50 years. This year we had like 12. It's a, it's a terrible thing they're doing to our country. And they're doing it under the auspice as a basis of we have to maintain our clients. So here's the problem. China is right now building 50 50 coal-fired plants, okay? Big plants, big, bigger than anything we have. 50 of them, they're building on average one a week, and now I understand the average is going to close than two a week. We're getting rid of all of our stuff for wind, wind, and here comes the wind, oh. It's not powerful enough to fire up our factories. Solar, you ever see a solar area? They take up areas of the desert, they might as well take the whole damn desert, you know? And I like the concept of solar, but it's not powerful like what we need to fire up our factories. We can't do it. Let, let's put it this way. It's not, it's not working. You can have a little solar. You can have a little. You could even have some wind if you want it. But wind is 42 times more expensive than natural gas. Think of it. 42. And we have more. I call it, what do I call it? Liquid gold. Liquid gold. Beautiful, beautiful liquid gold. They have more liquid. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other country in the world. Any other country. No, no country has what we have. And what do we do? We build windmills all over the place. And we, what do we do? We go to Venezuela and we buy our oil from Venezuela. We buy, we buy our tar because they sell tar that we have to liquefy. It's not good. As we speak, New Hampshire families are paying the highest energy cost in the nation. Did you know that? You're number one. Your governor's doing a bad job when you're paying. When you pay the highest in the nation, your governor's not doing a good job. You have the highest energy costs in the United States of America. Yet instead of bringing down prices, Crooked Joe is trying to steal more of your money and to give it away to foreign, uh, for t foreign atonement, they call it. We have to atone for our sins. 
We have to atone for our think of it. We're putting ourselves out of business for the last 15 years with the crap that we're building that doesn't work. Germany went this way, you know, but they were smart. They immediately stopped. You know what they're doing now? They're building other plants, fossil fuel plants and coal plants all over their country. They had two and a half years of economic death because what they were doing wasn't working. They were going to wind and solar and didn't have nearly the power. We should learn from these other countries, don't you think, instead of being stupid? Drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Yep. Drill, baby, drill. We'll make so much money. We're going to make so much money. We're going to drill, baby, drill. You know, we were we were producing. We were third or fourth when I started. By the time I left, you have to see. I got to get the chart. We're going to put it up from now on. It's like Russia, Saudi Arabia. We were way down here. And by the end, we were way up above both of them and heading up. We were like a rocket ship. It was like a rocket ship sent by Kim Jong-un. Just like that. Who was very nice, I will tell you. You know, everyone thought we were going to nuclear war. And I got in and... He and I had a very good relationship. That was nice, very nice. But he, he's not a, he's not, no, no, rocket man, yeah. But he's not, he's not so fond of this administration, but he's fond of me. And we had a very good relationship. And I said, I tried to convince the fake news. No, no, that's a good thing, not a bad thing, right? That's a good thing. You know, we don't need nuclear missiles flying all over the place. So. We did get along well, but he doesn't like this particular group of people very much. And I understand exactly why, because he doesn't like incompetent people. Actually, they are grossly incompetent. When I'm back in the White House, this globalist, it's really a Biden plot for climate reparations and all of this money going to other countries by the billions and billions and ultimately the trillions will be stopped on day one. We're not going to do that. We're going to start paying off debt. We won't be sending them one penny. I will end Biden's war on American energy, and we will, in fact, as you just said, drill, baby, drill. We're going to drill, baby, drill. And we're going to be sending all of the oil and gas all over the world to Europe, to Asia, all over the world, and then we're going to start paying off massive amounts of debt, and then we're going to give you a further tax reduction from what we already gave you. And we're going to get rid of our debt and we're going to get rid of a lot of great things. And and a lot of, I'll tell you what, we're going to take care of some really big problems. You got some great big things that they thought were so fantastic and they're horrible. Everything they're doing, like I will kill his insane, very expensive and horrible and, and just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Electric vehicle mandate. Electric vehicle they don't go far. Let's say it gets a year in New Hampshire. Let's say, you know, because Joe gets that mixed up a lot. He'll say, well, let's see, we're in Idaho now. <laughs> no, 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 Joe, you're, you're in New Hampshire. So you're in New Hampshire, right? You're in New Hampshire. We want to, uh, let's say, drive down to Boston. Let's say that's about three stops. Three stops. Whereas you could go down and back with a tank of gasoline, you know? I don't think you're going to like stopping. And the problem is you won't find a charger. And if you do, it's got lines. 
and they're trying to enforce this. The problem is, honestly, they don't go far. They're very expensive, and they're all going to be made in China. I was telling the United Auto Workers, I think they're going to all vote for me, other than the top two people. I think they're all going to vote for me. I said, the deal is a killer because they're going all electric. And if you go electric, you're going to have those cars that are going to be made in China because they have everything you need for electric. We have everything you need for a nice tank of gasoline. We have everything you need. We have it right under our feet. I think we're going to win the auto workers. I mean, I don't know if you saw in Detroit and Michigan, the vote. We're up 11 points in Michigan, which is pretty unusual. 11 points. Because they get it. You're not going to have an automobile industry anymore if they do this. You know the worst? They want to make all trucks electric. And the problem with the truck electric is a big, beautiful, brand new 18-wheeler, a big beauty, can go 2,000 miles on diesel fuel, right? These clean diesel fuel it goes 2,000 miles. An electric truck, comparable size, but there's no such thing because the battery is so big, you'd have to take up almost the entire truck to hold the battery. These are minor details, though, according to the Biden administration. So, but an electric truck, you'd have to stop. It goes 300 miles. So you get 2,000 miles versus 300 miles. That means, that means you'd have to stop six or seven times, whereas the other way, you don't have to stop at all. And the trucking industry is up in arms because they don't know what to do. They're all going to be out of business. You talk about a supply chain problem. Wait till you see that one. And the worst thing is they want to make our army tanks all electric so that we can go in and we can blast the hell out of a foreign country. But we'll do it in an environmentally friendly way. These people are crazy. Crooked Joe puts China first. He puts Asia first, Ukraine first, illegal aliens first, environmental maniacs first. He puts everyone first, but he puts America last. He puts New Hampshire last. He puts our workers last. He puts our farmers last. He puts everything that's good, he puts it last, and I put New Hampshire first, and I put America first every single time. And that is why he continues to lead in the polls. Jingle bells. Trudeau smells. Biden laid an egg. Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal. But tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone. Have a merry maverick Christmas. And a magnificent new year. Greetings brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality.
Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. So, just a reminder that you can support the channel by donating or, well, yeah, not just donate, but if you donate, we still have these just in, fresh, hot off the shirt press, Exile the Knights of Malta t-shirts and sweatshirts. As we have these, any donation of $30 or more, and I will send you a free t-shirt, is 35 or more, and I can send you a long sleeve tee, or we have these sweatshirts, pretty nice, um, for 45 or more, a do donation of 45 or more, and I will send you one of these. That'll cover the shipping and the cost of producing them. And why exile the Knights of Malta? Because they're a real thing. Choosy has taken this reality, put it front and center, made us all aware. And yeah, we're going to root out the corruption within government. That's really what this is about. We are turning the tables. They want to spy on us using digital technology. No, we're going to put the spotlight on them as we always do, holding them accountable here every single night and beyond in order to uh, root out the corruption and ultimately exile the Knights of Malta. Now, it goes pretty deep, this Knights of Malta thing. And so that's why we're so dedicated to exiling them in a peaceful way. And you can support the channel by donating and I'll send you one of these shirts. So we do still have them in stock. Thank you to uh, those of you who did donate over the last couple of days. With these shirts coming in, I know that a lot of you have been waiting. And yes, John, I do have a, a double X for you, sir. So I can set you up with that. I did check the sizes, what we had produced, and we do have a 2X just for you. So no issues there. Um, like, share, subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, CloudHub. BitChute, YouTube, Brighteon. Where else do we broadcast? Some other places too. Odyssey. We're on over there. Most people watch though on Rumble. Now, um, we've been able to shift a lot of uh, our viewers over there, and I'm grateful for that because that is a free speech platform. We continue to grow there. If you are not subscribed over on Rumble, please uh, would appreciate it if you would consider doing that. Helps us out a lot just to get those subscriptions up. If you do subscribe over on our YouTube channels where we are firing at all cylinders tonight, please hit the notification bell. We are on multiple channels on YouTube, so if you do subscribe, um, Maybe take a look and subscribe on all of them to help us grow over there as well. 
We've got backup channels. We're working hard to avoid being canceled. And you can donate at maverickdonations.com, maverickdonations.com, or freedomreporters.com to help us offset the bills. New phone system, getting that set up. I've got most of the uh, technical stuff worked out, figured it out. So hopefully we'll get that up and running. Um, Maybe even as early as tomorrow, a new call-in phone system. We still have the old one in place for now, but we're moving over to a new system. New phone number will be used to make you, just to let you know. Um, And freedomreporters.com. Now, if you do donate and you want a shirt, please make sure you send a, a message with your donation in the comment section as part of the, the donation process with your shipping information, contact info, so I can get a hold of you and make sure that I can send you the shirt as well. Freedomreporters.com. And again, thank you to everybody who is who continues to support this program. Truly appreciated. Truly, truly appreciated. Um, scam. Fraud. A couple of alerts for you tonight, including... Uh, a little bit of a report that I put together on one in particular. We'll start, though, with this. Uh, there is a website out there. It's a fake website mimicking uh, a real website for a flight center, which is uh, an online travel agency where you can buy tickets to go on trips. So they are really targeting Christmas travelers. And Flight Center has sucked in a few people and scooped them up as part of a scam. It's not Flight Center, the uh, like the real company. It is. It's a it's a fake website for Flight Center, and there is a report tonight of a man out of British Columbia. His name is Sam Salam, and he got hit to the tune of 2200 bucks he booked a trip to brazil through this fraudulent website paid the bill the whole thing but uh the ticket wasn't real so he booked his ticket through flight center canada then decided to visit a flight center location in person When his ticket didn't arrive, then he found out that he'd been scammed and that this website is completely fraudulent. So $2,280 is what he's out, but he's not alone. This, uh, This website getting a fair amount of attention online. And you'll see here, all you have to do is Google it. And the website up to this point has been actually spelling, using a different spelling, an American spelling for center, E-R instead of R-E. As you can see here, people drawing attention to this fake travel sites, scamming customers, fake, fake, fake. And so this no doubt has got to be damaging or hurting 
the legitimate company's business. The legitimate flight center, obviously going to be suffering because people now are going to be very leery about booking anything online through them, which is an unfortunate situation for the company. But hey, man, you better be careful when you're booking online. So if you do do any business with Flight Center, you could, I would suggest that you check the URL, make sure that it's the, uh, the right company. Now, I did do a search. And um, I did see that the company itself is coming up at the top of the, does appear to come up at the top of the search engine results. Now this is a scam is what I put in, but let's just put in flight center, book flights, flightcenter.ca. Flight Center, R-E in the spelling, dot C-A. And you can see here, this appears to be the legitimate website. That's what the legitimate site looks like. And I will go further than that, and I will confirm who owns that domain for you. Flightcenter.ca. And a quick search online will reveal that that is a domain that was purchased through webnames.ca. And it's not clear exactly who owns it because the information has been, they've paid for the privacy side of that. But that being said, it does appear to be the legitimate site there. So that's where you would go to actually book stuff through that company. But be very careful. Make sure you don't get hit or get caught up in that online scam and when again when i when i punch in flight center it comes up the legitimate site comes up back here you know what i'll do is i'll punch in the wrong spelling see what we get now i think google is trying to help these guys out by blocking or suppressing the other website So that's the good news. And now you're aware. There's also another scam that's out there. And this is um, this is a fake thing where they're preying on people looking for work and they came after me. So rather than just brush it off or ignore it or hang up or ignore these this information, I bid on it. It's very, it's a pretty slick scam that they're running. It's fraud is what it is. They're imposters. They're pretending to be with a company called Ninth Co. And they it begins with an email message that they send to you. 
and they appear to be offering you a job. All right. And the company Ninth Co has become aware of this. I did contact them. Sent them information about what was going on with me. And they have up on their website now this information. It says fraud alert. <clears throat> Beware of ninthcogrow.com. And at first it looks very legitimate. The guy who phones you, um, these people who contact you, they seem like they're straight up above board. But what they're really doing here is they are phishing. They're trying to get you to reveal personal information that um, allows them to get you to engage in online activity where you rack up, it appears to me, where you maybe rack up some sort of a huge online bill. And some people have been, uh, have suffered losses in the area of as much as $11,000 to $15,000 each. So it starts with an email, they get you to respond to it, then they contact you. They try not to deal with you in person. They don't really want to speak with you. And they try to take you through an online job training. And this is a marketing company, Ninth Co., based in the Toronto area. And they're saying, if you've received a text, email, or WhatsApp message from someone claiming to recruit for Ninth Co. using the URL ninthco-grow.com, this is fraud and should be reported. Do not sign up, provide any contact information, or send payment. And that's where they were trying to lead me. So, so the background on this is they said that they first received a message through LinkedIn on November 13th, 2023, claiming that someone from their company had reached out with a job opportunity, which is exactly what they did with me. At a quick glance, the profile looked legitimate. It does. It's very, very slick. And since that date, they say that they've consistently received emails and LinkedIn messages. All appear to be mostly legitimate, but with basic phishing giveaways. Minimal profile connections, non-corporate email. And this is what the phishing site looks like. Here's a picture of it. And that's where I was led as well. Now, I did bite on it so that I could document what they do. And what they did with me is they took me to, to this site. And then into the site, they make you create an account. And then they take you on what they call a training program. It's all done online. You don't even speak to anybody initially, but they take you sort of through it. You don't speak to anybody on the phone. And they're not really clear about what this job is. They just tell you it's some sort of an online job where you can make a lot of money in U.S. dollars. Basically, by clicking on products and pretending to buy them. Suggesting that what this company does is online marketing for companies, and then they want you to participate in an activity where you are clicking on products and pretending to buy them to boost that company's search engine rankings. And you're told that once you make this account and you engage in this activity, that you'll get a percentage 
of the set, what the sale amount is. And they're going to kick that back to you into your bank account. And I was listening to all of this and it was just so obvious uh, after a short time that this whole thing was anyway, you slice it unethical and probably just a giant fraud that, uh, It was very concerning. So I, I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention here tonight to show you how sophisticated these operations are becoming. And if you're looking for work, then this could be a very appealing thing to you. A lot of people are getting sucked into this. Ninth Co., award-winning web development and digital marketing. So you see they're telling you it's a digital marketing company. And then even if that is the activity that you are supposed to engage in, which is to click on products and pretend to buy them, that in itself is unethical behavior. That's black hat marketing. That's That would be the, the equivalent of setting up a, a troll team to create artificial traffic on a website to make it rank higher in the algorithm, which is dishonest some people obviously wouldn't care so the, the this is called spear phishing and then what they get you to do i didn't go this far i stopped they try to at some point get you to create your account and then they they're going to want you to put your bank account information in and what i think what they end up doing is you actually do end up buying a bunch of product or it looks like you're buying product, but what you're really doing is, is they say that you're not really buying the product, but you are racking up a giant bill and they're going to drain your bank account is ultimately what they do. And the reason they want your bank account is because they say that they're going to deposit back into your account a percentage of everything that you pretended to buy. What a scam. And the website looks very authentic, very legitimate. Everything that they send you is slick. And I have a conversation lined up here for you with the gentleman who is leading me down the garden path. So I thought I'd share some of that with you here tonight and show you how that all went down. Whenever, whenever you, because like whenever you slide and uh, you submit the product, mm -hmm. it's like when you go into Amazon. Let me say, let me give an example. You're going to buy something on Amazon because they don't want to talk to you online. But I, they thought they had me hook, line, and sinker. Right? They thought they had me hooked, and then I pulled back and I said, "No, I want to talk to somebody on a on the phone." And I insisted and I wasn't going any further in the process. And they were this close to getting my contact info. And I said, no, I want to talk to somebody on the phone. And they didn't want to do it. So I disengaged and then bam, they phoned me back. Here we go. That's all right. Yep. So you place the order. So after placing the order, the order shows the machine that you placed the order. Mm -hmm. Then... For, for you, that's your, that's where you stop from. After, after submitting the product, you show that you've submitted the products so that for them, they will just automatically get the review, they write the reviews, then they, are, they do the rating as well. Okay. So now, 
the money that we've been transacting in so far during the training as I was sliding and purchasing products. That's just what fake money. That's money coming from your account or where's, what is that? Actually, that's real money. That's, that's real money, but I don't, there's no need to worry about it because when you invest, when you put in your money, mm -hmm. by the end of the, by the end of the day, when you buy 40 out of 40 products, when the full set is done, mm -hmm. then you will withdraw your money with the profits all at once. I see. So you're actually making a real purchase with real money. And then yeah. I then we would have to rely on you to deposit the money back into our account at the end of the day with whatever commissions we've made making the fake purchases. Yeah, because, well, you know, it's very simple. It's very simple. It's like, as I gave an example on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to purchase something on Amazon. So you cannot use fake money or you can't purchase something without money, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to put your real money. But the good thing is when you're done here, the, the, the money you put in already, because the profits that all can be withdrawn by withdraw by the end of the day. I see. So during this process, I will what? Connect my bank account to your system and then... No, you don't, you, you don't need to connect your bank account to the system. They will we only eventually. need to wallet, like to add in the wallet. Just a wallet, any wallet. Maybe, let me say, for example, you can use BitGate. For example, you can use... Uh, something like ShakePay. So it depends where you are, where you are, which wallet is it supported at this or in the place you are. So just connect the wallets. Yeah. Only the and actually uh this thing comes when you're going to either withdraw or you're going to deposit. That's why actually not deposit but most especially when you're going to withdraw. That's when you bind the wallet to the account and when you're done, it's only you only take the address. When you're done the address is already expired after this after the transaction. So there's no need to worry about it. He's after your personal information. That's what they wanted from me. They wanted you to create an account, create a wallet, and you're going to have to put in personal details. Once they get that information, then they go to work and they're going to screw you. So the uh, so we're just using like a digital wallet with fake money in it. Yeah, we're using a digital wallet mm -hmm. to deposit the money and then to, to withdraw the money as well. We're using a digital wallet. Right. So how do I end up being paid in the end then if I take this work? Um, how do you how do you send me my 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 money to get paid? Yeah, that's that's where I was going. That's where I was going. So when you when you are done with the products, the full set of forty out of forty, so the the profits will reflect, and the, uh, with uh, with the actual amounts. Let me let me say like now it posted like seven hundred, right? Mm -hmm. So after the, the after the product is all done, the the whole amount, the first five hundred that you put in the first place, the seven hundred plus the profits, the amount, right? Mm -hmm. So after that, I'll, I'll I'll withdraw all the profits. I withdraw all my money from the wallet, to from the from the working platform to my wallet. If then it's it's up for me to decide. I can either I can I can either want to move it from my wallet to my bank account. Or can say, let me just keep it on my wallet. Something like that. It depends on what you have on or what you want. So at the end, you would send me my money, what, straight to a bank account? Or? No. No. It's, it's actually it's done by you. Let me say now, like, like right now, when I deposit this money, mm -hmm. 
when I'm done, when, when we're done with the uh, with, this, with the sub account, with the training, everything is done. If you've given put out of forty products, then I'll withdraw from the platform, the amount from the platform to my wallet. Okay, but I yeah. understand that. But then, how do I get? How do I withdraw my money so that I can actually have like a paycheck and money in the end? My like, pay. Like cash, cash in the end. Yeah, to me. Yeah. That's 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 very simple. It's just like you just you have to just withdraw from your wallet, maybe to your bank account. To the bank account. It's very simple. Very you simple. For, you can actually you can also use the money like to do some other trading, or you can use it to to buy any other thing you want. It's very simple. It's not hard. Right. So I, I so I would so I would just do some sort of a direct deposit or transfer from the the wallet to my own bank account. Yeah, and put your personal information in the process and get scarred. So I need to connect my bank account to the wallet at that point in order to withdraw my paycheck. No, that comes that that comes in when you want to transfer your money from the from the wallet to the bank account from, right. to, the, to the bank, right? Yeah, that's when you that's when you that's when you you fill in your bank details. Right. Yeah. Right. That's all. Yeah. Are you aware that Ninth Co? You guys are where? Where are you based? What What country are you in? Ontario, Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Uh huh. So how come on the Ninth Co website it says that there's a scam going on that looks just like what you are guys are doing right now with me? Oh, I know. Actually, these guys because we we have we have some people who actually who try who trace the same thing. It's like I've given you the uh let me say I'll give I've given you the light to it, right? So you can some people they go ahead and build different websites to do the same thing. So in this process, that's when we help. It's like we collect they, they go to collect that scam alerts, everything like that. With at the first place nobody knew. Yeah. But later on we realized that some someone somebody's just bypassing by ninth course nine nine four doing the same thing, then that's when we process for this common alert. This common alert then what was posted. So there's somebody out there do <laughs> pretending to recruit people like you are. Yeah. And and but but you guys are actually calling from the company, I see. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, it's true. Of course, actually, as I told you, as I told you in the beginning, it's just a part time, you know. It's just a part time. It's like when we're doing it on behalf of Michael. Okay. Uh -huh. Anyway, enough. <laughs> Code.cc. It's um, as I bring that up depending on the computer I use, it says that your site is deceptive and yes, that uh, Google has an alert on it. You want, are you aware of that? Yeah, if, you're, if you try to go to your website at ninthco.cc, it says deceptive site ahead. Attackers on ninthco.cc may trick you into doing something dangerous like installing software or revealing your personal information. For example, passwords, phone numbers, or credit cards. Are you, yeah, I've got that right here as I'm tapping it into this other computer. It didn't do it on the on the one, but it's doing it on this other one. 
yeah actually no this link yeah of course when i when i when, when oh that's i've got to i've got to recall is this link that they were using in the first place the guys who talked we talked about they they guys they managed to sabotage the link from the back first so mm -hmm. when they bypass the link from the back side so that's when we posted that uh the attention office came to the exposure because it uh you know normally something like this with this alert that comes up that would be because you don't have a proper ssl certificate on your domain Oh my gee. I'll I'll talk to the this case of maintenance and, and they look upon this thing as well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yesterday, yesterday, but one we managed to build another another website mm -hmm. because of the same issue, because of the same cost. Almost seventy percent of all of all of all of the other people working doing the same thing. They were mm -hmm. complaining, they were saying the same thing. And actually, I also wanted to log in to drive my own that I was. I also saw it as well. I was like, I was shocked. So, I called the guy of maintenance to to, to do something about it. Mm -hmm. now, I don't know. I don't know what's really going on at that moment. Maybe I'll give them a call back. Right. Yeah. Of course. Today, actually, today, 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 I haven't even managed to log in and see if they managed to, to do. Yeah, because it says it. here that Google Safe Browsing recently detected phishing on your website it says phishing sites pretend to be other websites to trick you it says yep. right here on the screen can you send me a screenshot let me have a look at it because i haven't looked in yet it's mm -hmm. my own account okay so he goes on continues to deny and uh and i said well you know i'm gonna call the company head office directly and have a discussion. And even though I pointed all this out to him and I made it very clear I was on to what he was doing, still continued to pretend to be legitimate, pretty determined. And they still, even tonight, are contacting me to see if I still want the job. But uh, I think maybe I'll pass. <laughs> The sharing of biased and false, false news has become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching.
the New World Order. Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Nothing is going to be the same from this point on. Nothing. Artificial intelligence. We need to talk about it. Because it is already having a serious impact on our society, on our democracy, even our minds. And there's something really important that has happened. Like really, really important. It's alive. I can't believe I'm sitting here tonight saying that. But artificial intelligence, from what I'm hearing from people who are directly involved in the development of AI, it's sentient. Do you understand what that means? It thinks. It's alive. Possibly self-aware. I knew AI was coming online a year ago. We saw science fiction movies warning us about this. Blade Runner, Terminator. Star Trek and the Borg. And then you know, not even a year ago, we saw ChatGPT come online. We've seen AI products rolled out, services. And within six months, it's gone from never used it, knew it was sort of out there, but thought we had a lot of time or still had some time, even though we've been warned that we were running out of time in order to make sure that we contain this technology in some way so that it does not become a threat to humanity, an existential threat to the human race. But within six months, 
we have witnessed an exponential explosion in the sophistication and quality of the material being produced using AI. From sort of crude, pretty good, but still crude and recognizable images produced using AI, art creation tools, and videos, deep fakes that you can still tell. If you look closely, it's fake. Pretty darn good, but fake. You can tell. From not doing it at all to, to being able to do that within six months to a year and on a wide scale and having an impact on these wars that are being fought, the information warfare that's being thrown out there, and our politics already. So I've been looking into it more and more and more, and here's the thing that is really concerning. And I'm just touching on this tonight, not going to go into a lot of detail, but I want to, I, I, no time to waste, so I'm, I'm just mentioning this tonight. I've seen guys online who have been involved directly, like senior people, comments, interviews, senior people with Google and other AI companies that have been founded, the creators of AI companies, and not just Elon Musk saying, AI thinks, referring to artificial intelligence as they. We know that OpenAI, I think it's OpenAI, has revealed that they've discovered something really significant, but we they haven't really revealed what it is yet. And it's alarming to a lot of people. It's concerning. It should be the biggest news story out there right now, honestly. And we need to focus a lot of attention on this. Because the potential upside is huge. This technology can transform the world in incredibly positive ways. But in the wrong hands, and I think it's already in the wrong hands, in the wrong hands, it can unleash unspeakable horror and destruction that will make nuclear weapons look like firecrackers. Because it's alive. They're speaking about it in those terms. It's sentient.
This is not science fiction. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not some crazy idea. It was only weeks ago I had a conversation with Lori here on the show, and I said, you know, I went online and I was using uh, an AI website, and it was writing computer code for me for a website I was working on and what would have taken me hours. And I don't really write code, so it takes me hours. Um, it did it in 10 seconds. Now, that's not just... That in itself was not even that alarming to me. And I'm not really completely afraid of this. And I don't want to overly alarm any of you. I, but we need to be aware of this because it goes much beyond the efficiencies of writing text or computer code or material in any kind of language or creating music or images or videos are using AI technology goes way beyond that. This creates, this opens all kinds of ethical questions. What's a life force? What is alive? Where do rights come in? What are we going to do when this technology, which is able to think for itself and reason, what are we going to do? when it reaches a point, if we're not careful, where it begins to use us and we serve it instead of the other way around. There are a lot of questions that we need to address here. And the best government has done so far under the Biden administration is come up with the idea that they're going to label, require that anything produced with AI has to be labeled. Good luck. <laughs> Label it. Somebody sent me some images the other day when I was playing with facial recognition. You know, you can fake that. Now you can work your way around facial recognition and make it look like something is a match when it's completely fake. But it goes beyond that. So I just wanted to mention this here tonight because that is news. And it's not getting much attention really at all. People talk about it. But I think to human beings, it's still something sort of science fiction. No, it's here. It's happening right now. It's largely happening behind closed doors. There's a lot of potential upside. Also, it could be apocalyptic. Because it thinks, and the people who have developed it, I've heard them speaking this week. And they are saying, they're speaking about this, saying that it is alive. And if it's alive, it's like that's a life form. I've been thinking about it all day long. And it is 
expanding my mind. I'm thinking about things in completely different ways. And it's very clear to me now that as much as I miss the before times, not coming back. Not like that. Not like it was. And I'm not here trying to scare you tonight. I'm just raising awareness. And here's the thing. We can't run away from this because there's no turning back. That's a mistake. You can't run into the woods and hide from this. This is going to affect you. It's going to affect all of us. It's going to affect your job. You might not have a job. And while a lot of people are afraid of that, don't be afraid. Don't let fear grip you. We need to confront this head on. We need to put pressure on government to become more proactive with this. And we need to find ways to live with this. In ways that ensure the human race is not enslaved by technology that we have created. going to be increasing pressure to integrate human beings with artificial intelligence. Neuralink, Elon Musk. The Matrix, for real. What are we anyway at the end of the day, if not just a bunch of atoms and protons, energy, rearranged. And when I die, I will go back into the earth from which I came, which is only part of a universe. which is really composed of matter, energy, cells, atoms, protons, we're all just energy. Maybe I have a larger discussion about it tomorrow night. But I didn't want to wait till tomorrow night because it's... From what I've been hearing, this is happening really, 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 really fast. So tonight, hug those that you love and uh, disengage maybe. Stay in the real world. Stay grounded. We're going to find a positive path forward. We're going to stay real. And I know that I'm real because I think, therefore I am. The scary thing is 
they think. Therefore, they are. See you guys tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.